Armoire makes getting dressed easy. With a clothing rental membership from Armoire, build the perfect wardrobe with brands that are high quality, unique, and recommended just for you. All you have to do is take a five-minute style quiz and select items from your dynamic, personalized closet. The styles show up at your door in as little as two days. Then when you're ready for new clothes, just swap them out for more new-to-you styles. My favorite thing about Armoire is all the different style and occasion options from casual to athleisure to night out, work formal, work casual, a total of eight different occasions, three weather options, and 11 categories including accessories, outerwear, and blazers, just to name a few. With Armoire, you can always have something new to wear without the hassle and closet clutter. You know the feeling. You open your closet, it's full, but you have quite literally nothing to wear. You're bored with everything in there. Enter Armoire. Armoire allows you to rent high-quality designer clothes for every occasion. Whether you're planning your outfit for date night, packing for a conference, or in need of a gown for a black tie event, you will be the best-dressed person in the room. Right now, my listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off the first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit armoire.style slash parenting. That's armoire.style. A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash parenting to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try Armoire today. Welcome to the Your Village podcast, Parenting Beyond Discipline. Your Village is the most comprehensive site for evidence-based parenting classes available on demand at yourvillageonline.com. Our 50 plus classes give parents the foundation, steps, and tools for creating strong, healthy relationships with their children, resulting in responsible, cooperative, happy, and successful children and families. My goal is to help parents support their children in finding and reaching their own unique potential. The podcast is a place to learn about all things parenting and get your questions answered. I'm Your Village founder and your host, Erin Royer. Hi, everyone. So I've been wanting to dig deeper into some topics that I think would be helpful to parents from a bigger perspective. Cover these topics maybe once a month in addition to answering the questions where I dig down more into the step-by-step into the particular issues that I get asked about. So... While this won't be a step-by-step instruction in dealing with particular issues, I do hope you'll find it valuable in a different way. And I want to cover a topic today that has been something on my mind that I'm wrestling with lately, and that is parenting anxiety. I'll talk about what I mean when I use the term parenting anxiety, ways I've been wrestling with it throughout parenthood, ways I've dealt with it in the past, and how I'm dealing with it now. So in this new paradigm, I'm not really sure that's quite the right word, maybe situation we're currently living under. I mean, it is a paradigm in some ways, depending on how much change each of us has made in attitude or outlook. And it will probably continue after the pandemic for quite some time. And maybe it will be a paradigm shift for many of us. But regardless, I hope this is a topic that you will find helpful. But before I get to that, a quick couple of announcements. First, I've fallen a bit behind with the new videos on YouTube. With our move, going back and forth to San Diego almost once a week, packing up here, all the inspections, cold, windy weather, no outdoor places to shoot, and my family all underfoot, it's been a bit tough. But I am getting back to them, and I actually posted a couple this morning. One was a class that I haven't put up yet, so it's a sample class, and I actually give a long, extended sample of the class Raising Responsible Kids. Then I put up a new video on helping kids 
with organization and goal setting skills because my oldest son has fallen behind in school quite a bit and he's very good academically, but there's just something about this distance learning that he's just not doing a very good job of staying on top of all of his assignments and understanding where to go and look for them. So he's fallen behind and so I worked with him and I did my very best to shoot our working together on getting him back on track and helping him set goals and organize so that he can get caught up. So that is now up on the YouTube channel. You can search for your village and find the channel and find the videos that way. So our move is in three weeks. So it's coming up quickly. Very exciting. Second is Ashley now finished up the presentation for the class, new class coming up on overindulgence. She has a few more pictures to put in that I need to give her, record it, we'll get it up next week. So really excited for that too. Then we'll move on to the classes helping your strong-willed child, helping your shy child, and a mindfulness class on helping children with mindfulness. Okay, so parenting anxiety. It's all of those worries we all have about, are we doing enough? Are we doing it quote unquote right? What am I missing? So I'm going to share some of my anxieties over the years and the ways that I've dealt with them. Now, if memory serves, I was a pretty laid back person before I had kids, but something about becoming a parent and I became very anxious about things, mostly having to do with my children, obviously, ever since they were born. So I was an older mom. I always wanted to be a mom. I was 36 when we got married. We struggled to get pregnant, and I remember being in tears month after month when my period would show up. Even though deep down, I knew I was going to be a mom. That intuition is little consolation when it isn't turning into a reality, and you wonder if it's all, you're just making it up in your head. But obviously, I wasn't making it up in my head. I did get pregnant. We all know how this story turns out. Three kids, 20 months apart. However, before Carter, I did get pregnant but miscarried before we even got a heartbeat. So that difficulty, trying, and the pregnancy loss all added to my anxiety once my first son arrived. I was so hypervigilant about making sure he stayed with us. I was constantly checking and rechecking doors and windows to make sure they were locked. I didn't sleep well, not just because he was a terrible sleeper, but I was overly concerned about SIDS. And when the kid finally did quiet down for sleep, I would wonder why he wasn't making more noise. I would constantly check on him. I'd sit up in bed and look over, peek over into his bassinet and be like, is he okay? Is he breathing? Clearly, I chilled out quite a bit. But each stage has brought its own share of anxieties. And, and with three kids, it was, am I doing enough for each of them? Am I missing something because I'm overwhelmed with three? Should I be working more with this child on this or that child on that? Is there a gift or a talent that I'm not seeing that I've could be doing more to give more opportunity for this child. Now with our move, it's about schools. San Diego is a very expensive city. The areas with top-notch schools are just out of price range, especially for a family looking to create two homes eventually. We live in an area now with very highly rated schools, and the areas we can afford in San Diego, the schools are okay, and there are some good options for charter and magnet schools as well. And I think before I had kids or older kids, I just thought a good school is a good school. But what I'm now realizing is that ratings are only one piece of the picture. Each child has unique needs and strengths, and so each of my children may actually thrive in different environments. I'm not sure I'll be able to provide that kind of individualized opportunity and support, so I'll just do the best I can. But I still get anxious about it. 
I know I'm not the only parent who puts all this pressure on myself to provide the very best opportunities for my children within our abilities to reach their potential, to be well equipped when they go out on their own in the world, to have all the tools they need to figure things out for themselves and to thrive. That's a lot of pressure. In addition to the early anxieties, I struggled with preschool stuff. I had two infants at home and I put our oldest in preschool. He did not like that at all. He did not like being the one child getting left at preschool while the other two got to stay home with mom all day. Plus, I had a perimeter limitation. It really needed to be walking distance because it was too hard to get two babies in and out of the car for drop-offs and pickups for preschool. Plus the toddler also. It was very limiting. So while the school options were nice, they weren't really the right fit. That We had like three or four within walking distance, so I was really lucky to have that where we lived. But we did the best we could. I put him in a preschool. Wasn't the greatest fit. Eventually ended up pulling him out because it just wasn't working. And I had him just stay home with me for a while. And then I had another preschool. So a couple struggles with preschools, just not quite fitting. Then I found one that was the perfect fit for all my kids. So once all three of them were going to preschool, it opened things up because then we could drive. I've struggled with schools off and on. As many of you remember, our issues with two of my kids really struggling in our local school and then moving schools a little over a year ago. We absolutely love our current school, but now here we go again. I've had anxiety about their hobbies and extra activities, walking that line of supporting their talents but not making it too important. Then it's they all want to try and do everything, and there's only so much we can do. Then there's the financial aspect. My younger son was invited to join the ice hockey team a year ago, and we had to say no. The expense was unbelievable, and the time commitment was just too much for an eight-year-old. He loved it, but I was afraid he'd burn out if it became a huge obligation all of a sudden. My oldest son quit swim for a year and a half, and that was hard to watch, but I had to let it be his journey. He tried several other sports, and actually he was also pretty good in volleyball too, but he decided he missed swim and really wanted to go back. The transition back was not smooth. He thought his teammates would welcome him back with open arms, and the reception was lukewarm at best. And actually, we had some struggles with bullying at swim practice, and he would come to the car in tears, and I had to work with the coaches to make sure that he didn't quit. So we got things smoothed over, and they were very supportive. Now that we're stay-at-home, boy, have I struggled with how much opportunity is wasted. Opportunity for social skills and relationships. Opportunity for learning and activities lost. Now, I don't have time. I'd like to really be the amazing homeschooling above and beyond mom to fill in all those areas for them and come up with amazing opportunities and amazing ideas and things for them to do at home. But I'm just not able to do that in addition to supporting them through their distance learning, running the podcast, running the channel, running the classes. Parenting is just full of anxieties where we all want to do our very best every day. It changes from hoping we're helping our children develop good social-emotional skills in preschool years to supporting their gifts and talents through elementary school and their academics, getting a good academic foundation, to supporting their development as self-sufficient, responsible, and some of this work begins in elementary school as well. And it starts to build and really takes off in those tween teen years to build them into these amazing young people. So when we get back after the break, I'm going to get into all these areas I've struggled with and some others that other parents may be struggling with as well, and what I've done and am doing to deal with not just giving myself a break when I need to, but for setting up areas where I can guide and support, create a plan, and follow through, and then give myself a break for the rest of it. Hey, Parenting Beyond Discipline listeners. 
Ready to create a home that fosters love, warmth, and style? Look no further than Home Threads, your partner in crafting a nurturing environment. At HomeThreads.com, explore a thoughtfully curated collection of furniture designed for families who believe in positive parenting. From cozy reading nooks to durable playroom essentials, our pieces are crafted to enhance your parenting journey. Home Threads has an incredible selection of furniture, decor, and accessories like throw pillows, blankets, to snuggle under for family movie nights, or reading time that helps you create the warm, cozy home that is the foundation for happy family memories. I love all the great pieces I've gotten from Home Threads to finish the look in my home. Gorgeous yet durable and cozy accent throw pillows, blankets, and some really cute wall decor. I have an ocean theme throughout my downstairs, so I got a couple of really great wall pieces to finish that look. And some picture frames for the family photos. Visit homethreads.com parenting today and get a code for 15% off your order. That's homethreads.com parenting parenting to get your code for 15% off your order because great parenting deserves a great home. Home threads. Love where you live. To me, there is nothing more important than my family's health and well-being. We all know the quality of the air in our home is important, but did you know indoor air quality can be up to a hundred times dirtier than outdoor air? I've got to tell you about Puro Air. In 30 minutes, this device will remove allergens, dust, smoke, dander, and gases from the room. Puro Air uses a stronger filter called a HEPA-14 that filters pollutants at a microscopic level and is backed by scientists from Harvard and MIT. In laboratory studies, users saw noticeably cleaner air in just 30 minutes. When it comes to babies and children, there's nothing worse than dealing with a cranky baby or child who can't sleep because of congestion. Air purifiers can help reduce congestion and improve immune system function to fight those winter colds and flus. I use my Puro Air purifiers to clean the air in my home, especially in our bedrooms while we sleep. It has a quiet, relaxing hum and cleans the air from pet dander, allergens, viruses, dust, mold, odors, and contaminants. It has four levels, low, medium, high, and sleep and four different timer options so you can customize it to your home and your needs. Check out Puro Air at getpuroair.com. That's G-E-T-P-U-R-O-A-I-R.com. Puro Air is the only air filter that uses a HEPA-14 filter. That's getpuroair.com. Now that we're back from the break, I'm going to talk about ways to relieve that parenting anxiety. So first, let's just be honest. We cannot be all things to all people all the time. The more kids you have, the more difficult that is. So we have to find our balance. That's what this is all about. Finding our balance as parents and as individuals too with our own needs. So that's a lot to balance. I'm going to talk about the early anxieties and move forward. So the early anxieties many parents deal with in infancy may be things like, is my baby normal? Is my baby developing normally? What is that weird thing she's doing? Those cranky afternoons. Will this baby ever sleep through the night? These are all normal concerns and for most of us, much more intense with our firstborns. It's our only child at that point, our first baby. So we pay attention to every little nuance and hiccup, at least for a bit. So if you have an infant, especially your first one, and you're tired and anxious about any or all of these, know that every parent I know went through this. And yes, your baby will stop being fussy during the afternoon after he or she settles into better sleeping patterns. They will sleep through the night at some point. Some will naturally spread out sleep on their own, 
Others may need your assistance, but you need to get through what we call the fourth trimester, or the first three months out in the world, out of the womb. After that, if baby still isn't sleeping longer at night, then you can do some things to work on that. And I do go into details on that on several different ways to work on that in the class on infant sleep, if that's something you're struggling with. Now, chances are also your baby is developing normally. The biggest red flag to look out for is if your baby or toddler is regressing. Something like going from sitting to not being able to sit up, from babbling to making no noises. Then you want to get into your pediatrician right away. Other than that, so long as baby is making progress, make note of anything you find odd and mention it at your next pediatrician appointment. Of course, if something is really alarming you, there's nothing wrong with picking up the phone and calling your pediatrician. If they think you should come in, they will let you know. The next family of anxieties come from toddler behaviors, the tantrums, mostly the larger variety, huge meltdowns that go on for 20 minutes or more, and the aggressive behaviors, the hitting, the kicking, the punching. These are the next group of concerns that parents come to me with quite frequently. Now, it's hard when everyone else's toddler or preschooler appears to handle interactions like angels and yours is the one melting down about the toy or that he had to go home. But every parent deals with this. Yes, some kids are more emotional than others, just naturally. There's no doubt about that. Some kids will react more physically with the wailing, the kicking, the punching. But every parent deals with meltdowns at some point. It just happens that today or yesterday was your turn. Tonight or tomorrow, the parent of that angelic child will likely deal with a meltdown at home or at the store that rivals the one your child had yesterday. For these types of scenarios, I just want you all to know that all parents feel anxious about many of the same things you do. When you're struggling with a big meltdown, know that those other parents are very likely not judging but empathizing with you and know it all too well. I've also talked about this before, and that is we all know our own struggles, the day, the week, the year we've had, all of our challenges under the surface with our own health, the health of a close family member, financial strain. I mean, a lot of us are dealing with that financial strain right now and a lot of emotional struggles right now. The fact that you listen to the podcast and many of you are members of the website, you know you're a dedicated parent to giving your child, your family, your relationships the best you possibly can. You're open to learning and practicing new skills. So if you're having a rough day, if your kid's melting down all over, if you're sticking kids in front of the TV and giving them cereal for dinner, give yourself a break. So in any situation with your child, any exchange, give yourself the credit. Continue to work with your child to the best of your abilities on the days that you can. And the days you just need a break, give yourself a break. Push aside any feelings of shame or blame that you aren't doing something perfect or right. Kids are great at helping us check our egos. And I don't think the life of a monk is for me, but I feel like parenthood offers almost as much opportunity, if not more, for personal and spiritual growth if we let those lessons come in. Okay, the next big area, education. Oh my gosh, nothing has been riddled with more anxiety for me than navigating finding the right academic and educational fit for my kids. I'm faced with it once again. When we moved schools for the kids a little over a year ago, I felt so relieved. The school goes all the way through high school. They would never have to move schools again if they didn't want to, but here we are. So let's talk about schools. Whether it's preschool or formal education starting in kindergarten through high school, there's no doubt every parent wants the best school for their child or children. 100% we all want that. But here's what I've learned. 
the highest rated schools are not always the best school for every child. So for instance, there's a school in San Diego. It's one of the top rated public high schools in the state. Not only is it one of the highest rated academically, it's also one of the highest rated athletically with a top tier swim team. But homes in that area, similar to the home that we're living in here, are in the one and a half million dollar range. Yikes! So we just can't swing it. And it kills me that I can't offer that to my children. Would being in that school provide my children, especially my oldest, more opportunity for scholarship to the college or university of their choices when that time comes? It's possible. But I don't think that school will necessarily be the best environment for all three of my kids either. It's a really big school, over 2,500 students. So I think it would likely not be the best environment for my younger son who would likely get lost in the crowd. So that would mean taking three kids to at least two different schools. It's very anxiety-provoking to try to figure out the best arrangement and compromise and combination to positively impact each of them to the potential that I can. It's definitely been a challenge to find an affordable neighborhood that we like that has good school options. So we found one with some good options. I'm still anxious, to be honest, because they aren't enrolled anywhere. I called and emailed the school I want to get them in, but no one is at the campus and they haven't gotten back to me. I emailed, still haven't heard. So, so I'll fill in the application for fall semester 2021 and may have to figure out the spring semester. So we're hoping we can keep them online in their current school if that's the case. If your child is in a preschool and you find that school is just not the right fit, Moving them to another school is generally an easy option. Preschoolers make new friends quickly and easily. There are always new kids coming in. At age three to three and a half, they're just starting to interact socially with other kids, so it's pretty easy age to move them if you need to. The class choosing a preschool discusses all the things you may want to consider when making your choice of preschool. Red flags to look out for that a school may not be the right fit for you. So that's also a great resource on the website at yourvillageonline.com. You can find that under the toddler and preschooler section. If you have or soon will have kids going into elementary school or primary, as it's called in many countries outside the U.S., Know that while looking at school rankings can give some indication of the quality, it really doesn't tell the whole story at all, or if it will be a good fit for your highly creative or social child or whatever their unique talents or gifts are. So if your local school or the best school that you're able to get your child into in your surrounding area doesn't have the best ratings, take a deeper look because there may be some real positives to that school outside of the high testing scores. So if you're in the U.S., there are several websites to look at. One that most of you may know well is called Great Schools. And that is basically, most of the ratings are based on the testing scores. But my favorite site to use is called Niche.com, N-I-C-H-E.com, Niche.com. It uses a lot more data. It does use academics, but it also uses diversity, student-teacher ratios, reading and math proficiency scores, and more. So you can put in different schools and you can compare them. So if the school has any special areas of study or opportunities, they'll put that in also. So I highly recommend using that site as well. They include public and private schools. So, so I really like putting in different schools and looking at them comparatively. So I was able to find the schools that I felt like were going to be the best fit based on what was actually available in our area or the different charter schools or magnet schools, what I felt like was the best fit based on my children's skill sets and natural talents. So if you have a child who's into something like, say, marine biology or the arts, you can find and compare schools that would be a good fit for your child, not just the highest scoring overall. 
So I hope you found this topic helpful and insightful. I know it wasn't chock full of step-by-step tips, but I think sometimes it's helpful and important to take a few steps back, see the forest for the trees, know we aren't alone, know that other parents with the same goals we have are wrestling with their own inner voices about how they're doing as a parent too. If you want to know about working on sleep and bedtimes, the two classes, one for infants, one for toddlers and beyond. For development, the development series, you're developing infant, toddler, preschooler. For behavior and discipline, discipline tools for toddlers, preschoolers, elementary ages, which is 5 to 10, and the one for tweens and teens, 11 plus, and all the other 58 classes. Oh, and I meant to mention the class learning styles, and multiple intelligence theory. That's a great class to understand your individual child and their potential educational needs and how they may vary from the more traditional school model. Then some of my other favorite classes that I I think are helpful for us anxious parents that put a lot and probably too much pressure on ourselves include the class Raising Responsible Kids, Teaching a Growth Mindset, and Family Organization, which is about managing the day-to-day with the easiest flow as possible. So coming out next week is also our class on overindulgence. These are all on the website at yourvillageonline.com. If you have a parenting question you'd like answered, send an email to podcast at yourvillageonline.com. Thanks for listening and see you next week.